Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire, the LCS Health Services Division premier podcast that inspires to provide meaningful and pertinent content that gives you an edge in balancing business and healthcare. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to Gone Learning, Back in 10, Healthcare Highwire's 10-minute study tool. Today, Michelle and Natalie are going to give us some quick tips on PDPM MDS sections A through D. Take it away, Michelle. Welcome to Healthcare Highwire. I am Michelle Kramer, Director of Health and Wellness Programming and Post-Acute Specialist. And I am joined today by our LCS Mock Surveyor and MDS Specialist, Natalie Moore. Hello, Natalie. Hey, Michelle. Thanks for having me. This is the first of four presentations where we are going to discuss some PDPM MDS quick tips and strategies for success to ensure accurate coding of the MDS. We will be focusing on particular sections of the MDS that really have an impact on PDPM and regulatory reimbursement. Today, we will be covering MDS section A to D. So Natalie, would you please start us out regarding key points to remember about section A? Absolutely. So let's begin with interrupted stay criteria. There are a few criteria that must be met in order to qualify for an interrupted stay. First, Medicare A Part A resident must be discharged from a Part A covered SNF care stay. Second, the resident must then be subsequently readmitted to that Part A covered SNF care in the same SNF within three days or less after discharge. The interruption window is the day of discharge plus two calendar days ending at midnight on the third calendar day. Now that we've covered the criteria, I just want to go over some other tips and things to remember regarding interrupted stay criteria. There is no Part A PPS discharge required. Now, after the resident is gone for more than 24 hours, we know that we're going to do that OBRA discharge, and then you will do the re-entry but a new five-day is not completed. The Medicare certification schedule, the varium per diem rate, and the Medicare start date do not reset. So completion of a nom-knock upon discharge does not change how the interrupted stay policy is applied. The only thing that we will ask you to do is if the resident went out to the hospital When they come back and it's an interrupted stay, although you're not required to do that five-day, we would like you to take a look to see if there's a benefit of completing an IPA upon their return. In addition to the interrupted stay, Section A brings another confusing topic that I'd like to quickly go over, the unplanned discharge. And the reason I mentioned this during this PDPM presentation is because the answer to A0310G type of discharge creates the MDS form logic and determines if data will be excluded from your quality measures. So when you think about the circumstances surrounding your resident's discharge, one great way to determine how to code this is to confirm if the NOMNOC was issued. If this wasn't the case, the discharge could be considered unplanned. So here are some things for you to think about when trying to decipher. So if the facility does not have adequate time to meet the needs, goals, and services of the planned discharge because the resident unexpectedly is sent to the emergency department, decides to go home or to another care setting, 
most of the time the resident has not met their therapy or nursing goals prior to that sudden discharge and therefore we don't want their discharge performance to be included in the MDS logic and on our quality measures. So hopefully that sheds some light on section A. Michelle, tell us about the items to remember in section B. Thanks, Natalie. So with section B, we wanna make sure that we are accurately coding speech clarity, the resident making themselves understood and their ability to understand others is scored accurately as these areas are related back to the SLP comorbidities. So if the resident has clear speech, and doesn't have any difficulty expressing themselves, these areas do not support the need for speech-language pathology therapy. So it is recommended to meet as a PDPM huddle to discuss the resident. So do they understand what is being said to them? Do they understand others? And is their speech clear or unclear to make sure that we're supporting that speech intervention? So in addition to section B, Section C, the Brief Interview of Mental Status, or the BIMS, is extremely important to code appropriately. The only way to be able to code cognitive impairment is if the BIMS score for the resident is 12 or below. So we want to make sure whomever is interviewing the resident for the BIMS is presenting the questions per CMS instructions, as well as scoring the responses accurately. So rule for completion is within the ARD window, right? We want to interview as appropriate to capture the confusion and cognitive decline. So if the resident exhibits more cognitive impairment at the beginning of the stay or in the afternoon, this may be the most opportune time to interview the resident. Also, remember that all residents must be interviewed or a staff assessment be completed if it's not completed, this then CMS assumes that the resident is cognitively intact, so you wouldn't be able to take credit for cognitive impairment under the SLP comorbidity. So Natalie, I know that we have another interview that needs to be completed on the five-day assessment. Would you please take us through Section D? Sure. Section D is the mood section where the PHQ-9 is scored. So Section D needs to be completed by the ARD, typically within two days prior or on the actual ARD. And this will fall into your nursing categories of specialty care high, special care low, and clinically complex. You get into those categories if your PHQ-9 score is 10 or greater, which indicates depression. And you can see this in your nursing category score by the end split, either of a 1 or a 2. The 2 would indicate the depression. So for example, if your resident fell into the nursing category of specialty care high, that would be an HDE2. And the end split of the two is $250 versus the end split of the one, which is around 207. So having the PHQ-9 score of 10 or greater indicating depression makes a difference in the specialty care high category of about $50 a day. So this amount will really add up and make a huge difference to your bottom line. So with that, we're going to wrap up our discussions on sections A through D. Thank you for joining us on Healthcare Highwire. Please join us next time as we continue our series on PDPM, MDS Quick Tips, and Successful Strategies for Completion of MDS Sections for PDPM. Thanks for joining us on Gone Learning. See you next time. Legal Disclaimer. 
Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast.